And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. If you would turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8, verse 29 to 40. This is Philip, verse 29. This is Philip. The Bible says that the Spirit said unto Philip, the Holy Spirit, I wish they had, I wish the King James translators had put in there, then the Holy, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave it like that because they capitalize the S, so you know it's the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit said unto Philip, mm-hmm, go near and join yourself to his chariot. And since, you know, for those of you who were here last week, let me give you a brief, a brief, over simplistic recount of what we, what we are doing. We are, we've been looking at a revival that broke out in Samaria. Uh-huh. And right in the middle of the revival, God spoke to Philip. And God told Philip, I need you to leave Samaria. First, he spoke to him through an angel. I want you to see what God does. God is a progressive God. When God gives you one command, one instruction, when you follow through with that instruction, he gives you more. Go to jump to verse 26 quickly. Let me show you this right here. Verse 26. Verse 26. Jump back to verse 26. It says, And the angel of the Lord, who spoke to Philip there? The angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go. Philip, not questioning the angel of the Lord, went. And the Holy Spirit said, Wow, I can work with him. If I command an angel to speak to him now, maybe he can respond if I... That's what God does. He gives you a little... And then, depending on your performance, let me use another word. Your obedience, your obedience, you get more. Amen. I told you last week, for those of you who've been asking God, what's going on in my life? The year is about to end. Nothing is happening. Amen. There is no spark. There is no fire. <laughs> Amen. Uh, how do you call these things that they, uh, uh, on July? Fireworks. That's what I'm looking for. No fireworks in my life. No fireworks, there is, if there is no fireworks going on, ask God, what was the last instruction you gave me? So I can go do it. So the fireworks can get started. Amen. You see right here, the fireworks is about to begin. Well, it's, well it had begun really. It's just another phase of the fireworks. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit said, uh, the Holy Spirit jumped in uh, from verse twenty. Nine and said, now he's speaking directly to Philip. Amen. He said, Philip, I need you to go near to the chariot. There was an Ethiopian eunuch going on his way back to back home. And this is what I, I want to make this point before I go any further. Brothers and sisters, in these last days, if we are going to be effective in ministering the gospel, we have to be spirit filled. I'm saying this right here because uh, these important men, the Ethiopian eunuch, they usually travel with an entourage. They travel with a caravan. I hadn't had time to discuss that last week. Amen. Last week I was going somewhere. The Lord led me. He's leading me somewhere different today. Same text. Amen. Same text. Are you with me? So, so, and notice, to, to join a caravan. Mm-hmm. And, 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 sorry, to join yourself to the man's chariot means to, to join his, his entourage. Uh, you got to be bold. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. You got to be bold, spirit-filled to just join yourself 
mm-hmm, to the gods <laughs> of a government official. The ordinary person is going to say, me, Lord, me, who's me? Are you, um, are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? But when you are filled with the Spirit, the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. That's what the word says. The righteous are as bold as a lion. I think in 2 Timothy 1.7 it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Some things God's going to ask you to do. And if you are not spirit filled, you will back up. But if you are spirit filled, you'll just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? God, we, God needs, that's why he told them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Don't you go out there on your own, wait, until you are endued with power from on high. Because I'm going to ask you to do some things. It's going to take power to accomplish it. You cannot do it in your own strength, Amen. I didn't have time to deal with that last week, but I want you to, to take some time to tell you that because brothers and sisters, we need, the harvest is ripe. The harvest is what? Ripe. There are people out there, religious people who are looking for God. They have a heart for God and God is raising people, believers, bold believers. Amen. Who will say, here am I, Lord, use me. Amen. So the Lord said to him, I need you to go join this particular chariot, his caravan. Let's go to verse 30. Verse 30 reads and philip ran what did philip do wow we hadn't spoken about that last week run wow wow isn't that a blessing he didn't second guess and drag his feet and ask any questions amen because you know philip knows it's not by might it's not by power zechariah 3 4 7 zechariah chapter 4 verse 7 says it's not by might it's not by power but by what yeah, by the Spirit's power. You got to move with power, saints. And when you know that, when God gives you, the problem is you need to get out of your head. Are you with me? We need to get out of our head. We, the problem is we know too much about ourselves. <laughs> too much, can I be more specific? We know too much, too much bad things about ourselves. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now there are some good things about us. But the enemy in us won't allow us to bring it up. Always the bad things. And we fall for the trick every time. You say, yes, me, yes. And the thoughts are running through your mind. And yes, what you got to do is pull it down. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says we ought to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring into captivity every thought. The thoughts that's throwing through your mind. Amen. Rehearsing your in, in um, our shortcomings. Rehe just going through your mind. You got to pull it down. The, we said on Wednesday evening, we are, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of words. The kingdom of God is a what? Kingdom of And men, sometimes we're just too quiet. I, I, I was sitting here and, and um, Minister Dean said, all the men, are we going to be there? And I heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Men by nature, we don't say much. You see what I'm saying? That's just how men are. If it was the ladies, <laughs> but, but, but we know men that we have in a good time, amen? We just like to keep it low for now. We keep it low for now until the football game. <laughs> anyway. 
I, the football, have you seen men behave like tore up their shirts, pin their faces? Oh, men know how to praise God. Let me, we can praise. Yes, sir. <laughs> praise the Lord. So Philip ran. That brother blessed me. He was quick to obey God. We need to be quick to what? Obey God. He ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. The man was reading from Isaiah the prophet. From the book of Isaiah chapter 53 verse 7 and 8. Notice the timing. What if Philip had delayed? Are you getting what I'm saying? How it's important to obey God right away. If Philip had delayed, the man would have passed Isaiah 53, reading Isaiah 58, 57. But at that particular moment, he was reading about Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so that, that is why timing is so important. Since if God asks you to do something, do it. Amen. Right away. Amen. And if you've delayed in the past, tell him to give you a second chance. Say, God, give me a second chance to make it right. You know why? Because there's somebody waiting in the wings just to do what you're doing. Not that they're waiting to do it. They're, they're looking at you. But because God has a program and God's program has to move on. No, God will never take from you what you were born to do. You have a choice to do it or not. Amen. It's always yours. You know, God is not like us human beings. Oh, you don't want to do it? Let me take it from you. No. That is not like that. Somebody else will come along. And that is how we delay God's program. Do you know God told, God told, God told Moses that the children of Israel was going to remain in Egypt 400 years. That's what God said. They stayed 430 years. An additional 30 years. Now God, God said they will stay 400 years. Then God wrote. They stayed. God didn't say it, He wrote it. You know, some things in the Bible God said and some things he just write. Are you getting what I'm saying? To God said they would stay 400 years. They stayed 430 years. Whose fault it is? Their fault. Sorry, their fault. Who caused that? Yeah, but there was one particular, there was one particular person who, who did that, who delayed God's plan. He cost them 30 more years in bondage. Moses. Moses, he tried to take, Moses tried to, he, he tried to live out God's plan before time. And he had to run from Pharaoh's house and stayed in the wilderness. That was not God's plan. Oh God, I give you praise. I know, I know maybe it's the first time you're hearing that, but that's okay. <laughs> ah, bless God. Delayed God's, and that's what we're doing now. Most of us, we're just delaying God's plan. And then all of a sudden, uh, um, people sing, well, uh, 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 what God? No, 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 no. People say, well, now is this time. Now is the time. No, no, no. The Bible says, let me, let me, let me show you this right here. In, in, um, in uh, Psalms chapter 1, the Bible says that the righteous shall bring fruit in his season. Can you go to, I think, verse 2, verse 2 or 3? Verse 2. Psalm chapter 1. Can you go to verse 3? Yes. And he shall be like a tree, the righteous individual. Verse 1. Blessed is the man or the woman who works not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit. You know what I'm talking about. 
But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law. Verse 2, verse 3. And he, he or she here, because that's, that's referring to he, is referring to the human being. So the human being shall be like what? Planted where? That bringeth forth what? Fruit. Who, whose fruit? Yes. When? Yes. Not the season. Yes. <laughs> oh God. It's your season. You make it happen. Because you and I, we have the power of God. So if it doesn't happen, it's not your mother, your father, your pastor. It is your fault. Your fault through your most grievous fault. I got that from the Catholics. I grew up Catholic. <laughs> Are you with me, saints? His season. You, you know why? I, Doc, you know why this is so important to me? I remembered a couple of years ago, I was always being told that uh, every time, once growing up as a Christian, uh, every time I spoke about the um, God's will and plan for my life, uh, my spiritual leaders would, would always tell me that uh, they would bring up Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Every, for everything there, there is a purpose under the sun. And for every time, it's not your time, son, it's not your time. And I was reading Psalms as I usually do. And God said to me, no, no, son, it's your season. Make it happen. I've given you the power. You do it. And you get what I'm saying? So, so be very careful. Yes, there's going to come a time when you are going to be processed. Psalms 109, 105 verse 19. Psalms 105 verse 19 says, Until the time his word came, the word of the Lord, what? Joseph. Und Joseph got a prophecy on when he was 17. Uh-huh. There's going to come a trial. There, there is going to come a trial. Y yes, there is. Many of us break down in the, during the trial process. That's why we never experience the end. Are you with me, saints? I, I, it's Many of us break down during the trial. Mm -hmm. And so we don't experience the expected end. All you have to do, brothers and sisters, is go start again. Don't throw in the towel and, and, and walk away. I'm going to show you that Philip... There were two Philips. One was an apostle. One was just a guy called to work in the pantry. He's the one here, an ordinary man, called to work. They called him one of the seven. Philip did not allow working in the pantry to define him and what he was doing for God. An ordinary man, not in not just leadership, part of the laity, recognized that he too has a stake at God. Recognized he has a seat at the table. It is not for those with title. It's for everybody who loves God. Who has a heart for God. The man recognized that and took advantage of it. And I'm going to show you what he experienced something that not any of the apostles experienced. Because he took God at his word. The Bible says he was full of the Holy Ghost. And he was full of power. God, I give you praise. Means that he was full of the word of God. Let me share with you. When the Bible tells you of somebody's end, always think of the process they went through. Are you with me? When, somebody when the Bible tells you he was full of the Holy Ghost, he did something. He didn't just get full like that. Years of seeking God was not disclosed to us. But that is what happened. Ah. 
And now we see God using him mightily. Not Peter, not, not, not Bartholomew, not James, not John, no, no. Philip. Philip. One of the seven selected to work in the pantry, to serve in the pantry. Wow. Don't you discount yourself. Yeah. Don't you ever take yourself out for use by God. God will use anybody who's usable. Yeah. God will use anybody who's what? Usable. usable. Yes, you got to be usable. You got to be sensitive to God. The man was sensitive to God. Very sensitive to God. He had a heart for God. He listened. God was able to talk to him directly. We do not know. We are not told how. But, you know, I believe it's the inner unction. Amen. I believe God spoke to him. You, you just know some things. You just what? You, you just know it. And then when you know it, a peace floods your heart. A peace. It may not be, the, it may not be what you were thinking of. But when it comes, a peace floods your heart. The peace that passes all understanding. So you know you're in the prince of peace shows up and said it's all right everybody's going right take left uh, uh, everybody's invested in that stock don't you invest in that stock because the bible says in, in, in james 1 i think 5 that the wisdom that's from above is superior than the wisdom that's beneath Man, we, this, is the, this is the time when we got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Very, very sensitive. Very sensitive, amen? Let me show you, let me give you a verse because I, I suspect I might, I might just not finish with the text I have, amen? But let me give you a verse, a verse I brought for you. God gave me this verse for you. First, uh, First Corinthians 6, 17. First Corinthians 6, 17. It says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. <laughs> he that is what he here means the, but the individual the individual amen he here refers to both male and female so females don't take offense amen <laughs> sometimes you got to say that praise god but he that is joined the word join here is referring to a marriage when a husband and wife join together it's uh, the word joined here is a greek word that means sorry no, no, Anyhow, it means to join together as woman and man. When a man and a wife join together, they get close together. Uh-huh. Don't they? They share secrets that you and I wouldn't know. They share their hearts to one another. Uh-huh. Well, let me say that they're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. They're supposed to. Amen. In other words, they're supposed to have a level of communication that's not ordinary. Mm -hmm. I've seen married couples that before they start speaking, the, the spouse or the, the spouse knows exactly what they're going to say. They feel each other. The words come out of them, each other's mouth. I have seen them look at each other. My mom and papa was married for about 50, 55 years. And I, I don't understand. The house was quiet. But they know how to communicate. They just look at each other and they know exactly what I'm saying to my... Yeah. How you do that? Married for 55 years. <laughs> my, my brother, my sister, I used to look at each other. What type of communication is that? 
<laughs> because you see, they were joined. Amen. But the Bible says you and I, when we got born again, we were joined. And that's what happened. That's why Philip, I'm telling you that because that's why Philip was able to hear God the way he did. Because Philip fed this. This relationship that's disclosed to us here. Philip fed it. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. The word one here in the Greek means one. It means it's H-E-S-I. It means one to the exception of none. So our spirit, born again spirit, is joined to the Holy Spirit. As a husband is joined to a wife. As a wife is joined to a husband. And so it's our prerogative to fit that relationship. Now how many of you know that a husband and a wife can be married but they are not joined? Yes. Amen. Now let's take that analogy and bring it up in the spirit. How many of you know that a Christian could be joined to the Lord? But what? But not one. But not one. Because we have learned to feed that relationship. You get to feed it to the point where you can hear God. Sense God. Feel God. Are you getting what I'm saying, sense? I, I, I know married people, they can sense when each other is in danger. I am, I'm telling, I'm sharing with you, I have seen it. I have seen it live. I've seen it in my parents. I've seen it in other pastors who've been married for a long time, spiritual leaders. It, it, something is wrong with my husband. What's going on? And then the telephone would ring. I'm saying, what? One. If we were like that with God, think of how our lives would be. We wouldn't make the mistakes that we made. We would not be in so much pain. Well, anyhow. But, spirit, uh, but Philip knew that. Philip knew I'm one with the Holy Ghost. I am one with God. And I'm going to fit that relationship. Amen. And what is God is mine's, And what is mine's is God's. Amen. That's why we have our proclamation. Amen. God is mine's, And I am God's. Anybody agree? That's where, we, that's where we got it from. That's where we got it from. First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17. Because we are joined together with God. Married to God. For that matter the church is called what? The bee of Christ. The what? Bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. So we have access to the Holy Spirit. Not only Philip. So the Bible says here that he ran to the, he ran and he heard the man reading from prophet Isaiah. And then they had a discuss. Amen. He asked him, what are you reading? And he said, the guy said, I would know if somebody told me. And Philip said, well, that's why I'm here. Voila. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I got the answer. Because I am joined to God. Amen. I'm on a mission from God. I don't just exist. My life has purpose. Let me tell you since. Let me share this with you. When you, join, when you are joined to God. You begin to experience the purpose. You begin to experience purpose flowing through you. It's amazing. You hear God. I, <laughs> God I give you praise. Man. It's beautiful what Philip, what God has showed us. Amen. In Acts chapter 8. So after that, Philip, after Philip ministered to him, he said, well, <laughs> uh, there's water. Can I be baptized? Philip said, sure. Let's do Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you believe with your mouth and confess it. Amen. And notice what the God, this is beautiful. This is what I want to show you that no other preacher have experienced this right here. 
in the Bible. Notice what we are told in verse, um, let's go to verse 38 quickly. So he commanded the chariot to stand still because he wants to get baptized. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Verse 39. And when they were come up out of the water, listen to what's happening. Philip took the eunuch. Since this is beautiful. Philip took the eunuch. Amen. He took the eunuch and the man is in his left hand. He placed his hands, the eunuch placed his hands on his chest like this. Uh huh. Philip hands is behind him and he brought the eunuch beneath the water. When they both came out of the water and the eunuch stood, see what God did. The Bible says, and when they were come up out of the water, the whom? Spirit. Of the Lord did what? Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. The eunuch went on his way rejoicing. The Holy Spirit, that word caught up in the Greek is hapodzo, and that's the same word for rapture. The Holy Ghost took Philip in a whirlwind. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> when you're like, when you're on purpose living for God, when you experience God moments. That's how we call this sermon, God orchestrated moments. You have no, you, it has to be God, amen. The Bible says, uh, do I have an exhibit here? I, uh, an exhibit, because that's the same word caught up, hapozo, that's used, amen. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, then we shall, then we which are alive and remain shall be? Hapozo, that's the same Greek word. In 2 Corinthians 12, 2, Paul is speaking. Paul is speaking here in third person. Paul doesn't want, anyhow, let me. Paul said, I knew a man in Christ. He's referring to himself, but he doesn't want to be boastful. He said, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, which God knows. Such one was what? To the third heavens. Paul was saying that I got caught up, raptured into the third heavens. The same Greek word used here is what Philip experienced as soon as he came out of the water. I mean, what a blessing. What a blessing. No other preacher. No other, none, when I say other preacher, none of the seven or any of the apostles experienced that. But a man, an ordinary man called to serve God. Caught up. Caught, caught away means uh, uh, his task was done. Uh-huh. And so he was caught up. It means I have a meaning here. Uh, um, caught away. Where is my minion? I have quite a few of them here. Yes. It means to snatch. It means to seize miraculously. To pluck up. To take by force. So God just snatched him and take him elsewhere. Where did God take him? The Bible tells us. Let's see where God took him. Let's go further. Let's read further. The Bible says, but Philip was found where? In Azotus. 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 That's 20 miles from Gaza where he was. The Holy Spirit took him in a whirlwind. Caught up. He disappeared in the presence of the eunuch. He ended up 20 miles away from where he was. Not from where he was. Guess Azotus is a name for an old Philistine city, which is Ashdod. 
You remember Ashdod, as in the Philistines. So God took Philip from Gaza, amen, and through some what I call spiritual maneuver. <laughs> Praise the Lord. For, for, just took him, and guess what? He ended up in Ashdod. So what God is doing now, God is touching the Philistines. He wants to evangelize the Philistines. The Philistines were arch enemies of Israel. But because God said in Acts chapter 1, you shall go out and minister to the uttermost parts of the world. He, he, everybody, he's, he's just taking Philip everywhere. What a blessing. Now, I was looking at that word, hapodzo, and I realized that's where Star Trek got the phrase, beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> Listen to me. Star Trek has nothing on the Holy Ghost. I, I with me. Beam me. He was just beamed up and replaced. I think that's where they got it. Look, there is nothing new. <laughs> you know, the, that's where most of them get their, their inspiration from the Bible. They wouldn't tell you. Amen. Many of them, they've done very well with the principles of the Bible. And now they've got so rich, they don't want to say God. They say the universe. Yeah. Because they're, because they're among rich people. And rich people do not use God. Amen. <laughs> so now they have to say the universe. The power of God. They call it, what do they, they call the power of God? Energy. <laughs> but one day, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue. Is going to confess. It is not the universe. It is the Lord Jesus. And his power. Oh yes that day is coming. Praise the Lord. And while they are bowing. I will be giving Jesus a cup of coffee. Go Lord. Hallelujah. Oh Lord. Praise the Lord. I can't. I, I can, that, that I can't wait for. Because today. The, those, the who's who's. Yeah. In the world, those who seems to be the upper echelon of society, those, those who, anyhow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The day is coming when we'll know when the kingdoms of this world are going to be what? The kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever. The time is coming, saints. Amen. That's why you and I, we have to be in constant prayer for the unbelievers. The devil is prospering them so they can forget God. Mm -hmm. And the devil is after you and I want to keep us, amen, in poverty. And let me say that, let me say that because every time I say that I get very disappointed. There are some spiritual leaders who think Christians should be poor. They tell you don't go after riches. Uh-huh. Well, well, and then at the end they have the audacity to tell you, send an offering. <laughs> Why would you tell me to remain poor? Tell me don't go after riches. And then all of a sudden, if the Lord touches your heart, can you send at least $10, yeah? $15? I'm poor. What are you asking me for? I mean, think, think about it. Think about it. When the Bible says God needs money, in, in I think it's Romans chapter, I think 10, it talks about how can they be sent except they be, how can they go except they be sent? They need money when it, to, to propel the gospel. Amen? Amen. 
It's just, it's just, you know, what I'm saying, we have to wake up and smell the coffee and get wise. Praise the Lord. If you have the gift of giving as a child of God, do you know it's a gift? Romans chapter 12 tells you it's a gift. It is a bona fide gift, just like preaching. If you have the gift of giving, you must have something to give. And listen, hear me, hear me out. If you don't have something to give, you feel miserable. So if you, if you have the gift of giving, don't let any preacher tell you to be poor. No, you need to have something to give. Think about it, saints. Anyhow, you know. I, anyhow. Praise the Lord. It's a very sensitive uh, area, so I don't talk about it a lot. But we need to wake up and smell the coffee and see what the devil is doing. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So he ended up at Azotus. And Azotus, we said that's all for... You remember what happened in Ashdod? I think it's in... Ooh, it's in 1 Samuel chapter 5, I think. 1 Samuel chapter 5. When the Philistines captured... I'm trying to tell you something about the city where God took Philip. That city has a lot of history. Azotus is Ashdod, one of the major Philistine cities. And what happened at Ashdod was the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant. It's in 1 Samuel. I, okay, praise the Lord. We got it here. And the Philistines took the Ark of God and brought it from Abazina unto where? Same Azotus. Amen. That's the same word right here. Uh huh. Can you go to verse 2 quickly? Let's just read. Let's see what happened in that place. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. So Dagon is the Philistines' God. He's on a pedestal. Amen. And they, put, they put, just put the ark of the covenant before Dagon. Dagon was a, a God. He had half man, half fish. Amen. Half human, half fish. And so they brought it and set it by Dagon. Let's see what happened to Dagon. And when they of Ashdod arose early in the morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face on the earth, showing that there is one God. You cannot put the Ark of the Covenant into, in a place with, with, with a God made by hands and come the next day with it standing still. No, it's bowing before the Ark of the Covenant because that's the presence of God. Show some respect. <laughs> Before the ark of the Lord, and they took Dagon and set him in his place again. Now keep, keep, keep in mind, your God, your God, you have to hold your God. His hand breaking, his hand is breaking. You want somebody else, be careful with his head. He <laughs> Think about it. And they are still worshipping that God. That's why you have to be careful with the God you serve. Brothers and sisters, serve a God who can pick you up, not a God you have to pick up. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. Talking about, let's pick up our God. His hand is breaking. Look, his neck is about to fall out. <laughs> How many of you think that for our God? Who can pick us up? Amen. Pick us up. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. We don't have to pick him up. He doesn't sleep, nor slumber. All power belongs to him. Can you put this verse, that, that verse we use on Friday, that verse we use on, on Wednesday evening. I got to show you a verse God told me to introduce to the church. I pray it all the time, but it's the verse I use when I want to make God large. Uh, is it 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 10? 1 Chronicles, you got to see this scripture and try to memorize it. Because man, I tell you, God is a good God. So it says here, 
uh, wherefore, this is David praying. David said, bless the Lord before he blessed the Lord in the, entire con in, the, in the presence of the entire congregation. And David blessed the Lord, God of Israel, our father forever. This is what he said in verse 11. He says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness. <laughs> yours, O Lord, is the power. Yours, O Lord, is the glory. Yours, O Lord, is the victory. Yours, O Lord, is the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And you are exalted as a head. Let's bring it home. Verse 12, verse 12. Both riches and honor come from you. And you reign over all. And in your hand is power and might. And in your hand is, sorry, power and might to make great and to give strength to all. Verse 13 says, so we, now therefore our God, we thank you and what? Praise your glorious name. Notice the use of the definite article, the, 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 which means God has a monopoly on power. He has a monopoly on greatness. He has a monopoly on majesty. In other words, he owns greatness. He owns majesty. Don't put Dagon in the presence of God. Dagon has to fall apart. <laughs> Both riches and honor come from him. Psalm 75 verse 6 and 7 says, Promotion comes not from the north, south, or east. But God is the judge. He sets up one, puts down another. But that's, I no, I can serve that God. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. God, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Oh, aren't you happy that we serve a God like that? A God who is all powerful. Let me bring a God who you, whom you are joined to, saints. A God whom you are one with him. First John 4, 17 says, as he is in heaven, so are you here. Herein is our love made perfect. You want to know how much God loves you? How much God's love for you is complete? That we may... <clears throat> you know why some folks are not bold? Because they don't have a revelation of how much God loves them. It's right here. You know why Philip was so bold to join the entourage on the caravan? Even if they were so-called important men? Because Philip knew that he was loved by God. Hallelujah. Philip knew that God will take out the mountain for him. Glory be to God. God will make a way in the sea for me. God will burn down the wilderness for me. Hey God, I give you praise. God will make a way through a mountain for me. Oh yeah, I'm somebody. There is a seat at the table for me. Oh. <laughs> Hearing is our love made perfect. And anytime you see love here in the Bible, let me tell you what you got to think of. God's love for you, not your love for him. Your love for God is like, it's just, just nothing. It's always God's love. If we get a revelation knowledge of how much God loves us, we will stop walking with our head bowed. I remembered my dad died when I was 12, 13. I miss my dad. I was so insecure, doc. Insecure. I walked around with my head down. I would hear the guys talking about their father and so forth and the little boys talking how daddy did this, daddy did that, daddy bought this for Christmas and nobody bought me anything. And I was so, I had a problem. 
It wasn't my fault and my head was down. But one day, at the age of 25, 30, I was reading the Bible and the pastor had just said to me, without memorization, your life will be nothing. And I came across this right here. First John 4. That's why I memorized them because they changed my life. And I began to memorize them. And God said to me, son, it's not my love for you. It's not your love for me. It's my love for you. You need to know how much I love you. And when you find that out, you'll stop walking with your head bowed. You'll square your shoulders. <laughs> Glory be to God. Thank you. Your insecurities will evaporate. They'll disappear. Because God <laughs> will give you a revelation knowledge of how much he loves you. Glory be to God. And so it says here, herein is God's love for us made perfect. That we may have what? Boldness in the day of judgment. You may have what? Boldness in the day of... Boldness not to disrespect, but bold to proclaim the power of God. Bold to tell the devil who you are. Amen. You get what I'm saying? Let me tell you, power to say no. No to whatever. <laughs> Glory, I give you. I'm talking about power to say no. To know that, hey, I am a grown human and I'm not moved by emotions not moved by my appetites not moved are you getting me sense I can say no because I've got power working in me <laughs> oh glory be to Jesus are you getting what I'm saying sense? so boldness because as he is in heaven so are we in this world. How many of you believe that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me tell you what to do. Ask God to give you revelation, knowledge of that information. I have I've prayed, I prayed in tongues, years asking God for revelation, knowledge on this right here. And one day, dark, boom. One day, it's just like he opened the floodgate of heaven. And I begin to see myself differently. My insecurities evaporate. I was no longer intimidated. I remember that Sunday morning going to church. I remember going to church and I was driving. And I'm saying, why do I feel like I don't need anybody anymore? <laughs> I, I remember saying that. I'm saying, why I feel okay? Why do I feel like I can be, I can be by myself until eternity? I remember that vividly and I was driving and the smile came on my face. Finally, God met me. Now, quick, now quickly, let me show this to you. Let me show this to you, brothers and sisters. I told you that I was going to show you because what's going on now in the world is, you see, Philip, Philip had to go out and be among people. You cannot stay home and minister to people. You can only do so much from the house. Amen. You, you need community. You need what? And there is a demon. A Hittite. Bring up my, uh, can you bring up my second um, uh, exhibit? There are two demons that are working in this world. God told in, can you go to Deuteronomy chapter 7 first? Let me show you here and I'll bring it to a close. You see, I told you I, 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 I might not finish. So I got to pick and choose. Amen. The Lord said to them, when the Lord thy God shall, who's bringing you? Lord. The Lord thy God shall bring you into the land. Who's bringing you into the land? Lord. The Lord. But who's going? I am. I am. So it's a, it's a joint effort. 
Because it is both, now let me tell you why. It is both a spiritual battle and a physical battle. Because there are demons influencing these unbelievers and the presence of that is influencing us. <laughs> it, it is still that way now, still that way. We just go around oblivious of what's happening and just say, well, you know, that's life. No! There are demons behind these things. So God said to them, when the Lord your God bring you into the land, whither thou shalt go as to possess it. Many of us haven't possessed our land. Oh, it is ours, but we haven't stepped foot in it. You see, when you get a house, when you get a house, you got to possess that house. In other words, you go in the house and you make it look the way you want it. You've got to make your life look. Sabo, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to move on here, but I hope you get what I'm saying. You need to possess your land. Possess your life. Make it look the way you want it. Oh God. So it's possess it and hath, and, and has, and hath cast out many nations before you. And he's going to name the nations. The Hittites and the Gergeshites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Seven nations, greater and mightier. Now, greater here means more numerous. They had more numbers. Mightier means they were, uh, they, they were, they were, they were well-trained soldiers. That's all. It means that they had a lot of soldiers and they were trained. That's what greater and mightier means. Amen? Because we just saw God owns greatness. <laughs> He's got a monopoly. He's got a monopoly on greatness. If you want to be great, ask God to be, make you great. You have, you have to be willing to go through what it takes to be great. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Because with the greatness you want, it comes with a breaking. Uh-huh. It's only the humble God exalts. So you want to be great, make up your mind to be made humbled. If you don't want to be great, just say, thank you, master. I'll pass on that one. Bless the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> can you can we continue quickly and when the lord thy god shall you god is reiterating over and over i'm the one who's going to do it yes you're going to go into it physically but i'm the one who's going to take care of the demons amen shall deliver them into what into your hands you shall swat that's what some of you need to do with these demons that's bothering you Amen. These demons are bothering. Bother. They come with thoughts. Amen. Thoughts of inadequacy and guilt. They, these demons, they bring up your past. Uh-huh. That's what they do because they're trying to keep you in discouragement territory. I'm going to show you something, brothers and sisters, and today, I, you, I never want you to be quiet anymore. I'm going to show you what demons have been doing. They did well during the pandemic. Yes, yes, they did well. They advanced the devil's cause. Now it's time for us to take back what he stole from us. Are you with me, sir? So he said, you shall what? And God shall, you shall smite them. You don't, you don't, you what, you what? Smite them. That's the same word the Bible used in Revelation. When Jesus come, he's going to smite. There's a sword in his mouth and you use it to smite. We fight a spiritual warfare. We don't fight with guns and bombs and grenades. 
We use our mouth. Are you with me? You smite. Devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourself to God, then resist the devil, and he will flee. He's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. But you have to open up your mouth and resist him. Messing up your business, slowing down your stuff. The devil is a liar holding back progress. Amen. Amen. Anyhow. And you what? Smite them and what? Verse utterly what? Destroy them. Utterly. Leave no man standing. Uh huh. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. No mercy. You take them out. Now let me show you two of them. The Hittites and the Perizzites. These are the prevailing ones today. They are doing well. Let me show you. Can you go back to Yes. The Perizzites means separate. Unprotected, isolated, alone. You see how people like to be by themselves now? It's a demonic. It's a demonic behavior. That's what Perizzites mean. It means to be alone. To isolate. The devil, he likes to divide and conquer. So he wants to get you by yourself. He tells you, stay home by yourself. It is all right. huh? The Bible says, as the body of Christ comes together, we sustain one another. Not only is the preacher building you up, you're the person next to you. Their body behavior, their spirit, their movement, their amen, praise the Lord. All sustaining one another. Are you with me? If you are body, you move together, right? Your hand, you don't leave your head at the house and your foot say, I'll come later, I'm going to church. Or I'm going to Walmart. Only church people do that. They stay home and say, well, I'm the church. No, you are not. And that's, that, that's from a parasite demon. Influence. Listen to me, brother and sister. So squatting, a squatting spirit is a crouching, cowering, bending spirit. Hunkering. You remember the lady in Luke 18? The lady who was bent for 18 years. She was possessed by a parasite demon. Have the lady crouching and bending for 18 years. Humiliating the individual. A apathy and procrastination. That demon is behind that. You know some people like to procrastinate. I'll do it later. I'll do it later because the devil is giving them another option. I'll do it later. And your conscience is killing you. Your conscience is telling you, you know better. You look at yourself in the mirror and you feel so guilty. You're so embarrassed. Because you procrastinated so much. You give your word and you never keep it. And the parasites, demons, they ha! If you see them, they have whistles. They're blowing whistles. They have, a, they have hardcore rum. <laughs> Another demon, the Hittite, terror, fear. Fear, confuse you feel confused and this this right here, the Hittites they're big on this right here, discouragement because that's the only that's the only tool of the devil. The devil this, he's going to he's going to try to get you discouraged because when you're discouraged you throw in the towel you walk away you say things you shouldn't say even if you know better. And as a Christian, let me share with you brothers and sisters. As a Christian, when you get discouraged, be very careful what you say because you know better. God looked at the Israelites and tell them in Numbers 28, 14, he said, you shall have what you see because you know better. You saw me open 
a sea for you to pass on dry ground. You saw me bring water in the wilderness. Now you want some meat and you forgot what you saw. You know better, you shall have. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm asking you as you go out this week. And I, I, I had it on an exhibit, so if you have a cell phone, you can take a pic if you want to. Amen? So, <laughs> praise the Lord. So you can take a picture of it if you want to, because, you know, we live in the age of technology. So as you leave and you walk and that fear comes, you'll say, oh, no, he died. Not today. Oh, no, he died. Not today. I'm not getting discouraged. Oh, oh no, parasites. I'm not separating parasite. Oh, no, I'm going to commune with God's people. Amen. I'm going to fellowship with God's. Ah, because what he wants to do is divide and conquer. The devil is so wicked. What did he do? When the Israelites were living in Egypt, three million people were living. And you know, those who were not that strong, they stayed at the back. He had, he had the, the, um, the Ephraimites chilling. The elderly were at the back. The kids were at the back. Because they couldn't fight themselves. Divide and conquer. That's his trick. The devil is a wicked man. I'm not sure why people serve him. Each of the seven nations represent a certain demonic activity. One of these days we are going to go through them. But God told me to tell you, these are the most prevalent in today's world. Fear, confusion, discouragement, separation, just like being alone, squatting, apathy and procrastination. It's a, these are all influenced by demons. You square your shoulder and say, that was me back then. That's not me now. Mm -hmm. you, say, you, tell him, you tell him, thank you for the information. Amen. Tell him, I'm going to use the information as dirt beneath my feet. I'm going to pack it beneath my feet so I can get higher. Are you gonna, uh, there was a song by, I forgot the people's name, the guy name. But he, he, he wrote a song and he said, when you send the dirt at me, I'm going to take it and pack it under my feet. So I can move to a higher level. Mm -hmm. That's what we need to do when these thoughts come. Amen. Since I'm going to stop here. Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, 
to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.